gentlemen, welcome to once again the U Salitaan Season 9. Where is it? That's awkward. <laughs> U Salitaan Season 9, the vulnerable and the vernacular. Of course, I am one of your hosts for today. I am Josh Tequipol, and I am joined by the lovely. Hi everyone. Good evening. I'm Zuyuska Bennett. You can call me Zu. I'm from the Absa and you and. Yeah, this is our podcast, season nine, yes. episode five. How are you? What, before we go into our like, you know, core of the podcast, how are you there, Josh? I am doing great. I actually forgot to, I know, add. Also, I'm also a member of Yupsa uh, Adu when I was in my second year, oh, and okay. yeah, Zoo is Yupsa and you. So this, you know, this Yupsa unite right here, and I'm doing good, Zoo. Uh, although there are a lot of. Um, tropical storm warnings here in Davao and Visayas also. I'm, I'm doing good. How about you over there? Yeah, well, luckily we don't have that here yet. And yet. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully not, yeah. I wish yeah. you guys like to be safe and you know, the people there. Go yeah, to well, Philippines, right? yep. Yep, and um, well, just for everyone's uh, information, this is actually not the first time Zoo and I have interacted. We've also had um, pre-production things you were talking about. We never actually got to know each other, Zoo. Oh, yeah. Never actually got to know each other. So, what do you want to do the honors? Go and let me know where you're from. Why were you chosen to be this host for this episode specifically? <laughs> what makes you unique? Oh my god, yeah. Okay, alright, I'll start. So, the reason I'm chosen for, to be one of the hosts for um this episode is i'm not sure am i unique or <laughs> no no <laughs> kidding um kate told me that we are talking about like the walkability of like the countries we've been to and you know comparing them to the philippines because recently i've been to europe um just like two months ago yeah I've, like i had my summer program in prague there so like i stayed for like two months to three months there and then um had uh, another one month to travel around so pretty much i have seen most not really most but you know like cool places in europe so yeah you have your little mini euro trip throughout your life sana yeah, all no, <laughs> mini euro trip <laughs> <laughs> but it's not that uh, you know like full-blown because still in the pandemic mm, you know yeah there are many restrictions but how about you how about you josh me why well why i was specifically chosen well just for heads up for anyone kate is actually our uh productions here in our podcast she's just behind the scene you know working it out and she was actually also the one that also uh, approached me Mm -hmm. Uh, we were actually classmates back in grade 10 wow and uh yeah so i guess this is our reconnection kate (laughs) but anyways i guess she chose me because you and i also have a background uh, being in a foreign country as well so i was also able to witness um, cityscapes, the, the different the different environments of foreign countries. Just a little little thing about me, you know. Uh, I was born and raised in Hong Kong. Uh, I lived there for like ten years, and wow. then yeah, and then I moved to Australia and I lived there for five years, and then now I'm in the Philippines uh, currently for eight years, right? worldwide, oh, wow. Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, we yes. have a local version of Mr. Worldwide here. Everyone. Yes, I'm the local Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I guess today I'll also be, you know, trying to share my experiences. And of course, uh, we'll all be just talking about our different perspective and experiences mm-hmm. of different countries. 
But yeah. one thing I noticed at like a zoo, like when I, um, in Hong Kong in Australia, I couldn't find the life. Like, where's the life? But when I <laughs> when I went to Philippines, I knew life was there. Life is here in the Philippines. Life is definitely. Life is here. Yeah. Like, I have to agree with you that. So, um, if you don't mind me asking, like, what's not really the best? Because you know, Philippines is the best. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, of course, of course, it is. Like, what's the closest thing you'll describe that you like the most in the countries you've been to? Like, for example, like Hong Kong and Australia. Okay. Um, not going too deep into the topic discussion, just giving a little brief, a little hint or a little, the tip of the iceberg, I guess you could say. Hong Kong, it has to be the transportation. I'm just going to get that out of the way. Love the transportation in Hong Kong. I cannot get lost. Uh-huh. Uh, even if you're a tourist, like, it, it's so easy to travel. Yeah. Australia has to be the the openness, the environment, because it's ev- everywhere in Australia. It's so open. It's not tight knit. Even if you're in a city, like the, the the planning there, it's it's not tight. It's it. There's so much spaces. Um, it, it's so open. This feeling of openness. That's cool. And the Philippines, it's the people, the lega. It's the people. Of course, <laughs> the Filipinos are. Uh-huh. <laughs> Filipinos are a different. Level. I, I mean, how about you? So I'm a I'm a throw that question back at you how about you, out of all your little mini euro trip what was the little highlight of everything I, ha- I have to like add something that i like the most in hong kong like i've been to hong kong before oh yeah like the most there is you know when you get to buy things in the night market like usually here in the mm. movie, you get to that one right like you get to bargain for the price yeah. lower yeah like, in hong kong like oh my god they're so cool like they're the they're the ones like the sellers they're the ones who's yeah. making awad. Like, okay, you can get yeah, this exactly. low price. Oh my god, <laughs> this is so cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, That's also what I love about Hong Kong. Do you, do, you, do you have that experience in Europe? Sorry? No, 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 no not at all. <laughs> Only in Hong Kong. Let's see. The Europe thing, what I like the most about that. Yeah, I have to agree the public transportation. Like, when I... When I was traveling from my apartment to my school, you know, the commute system, cause it's so light. Like you can literally arrive in your class still fresh, you know? Wow, all fresh, <laughs> no? <laughs> in so Art fresh? Are you sure, Zoo? I think, I think you're lying. Joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> of course, it's supposed to be fresh, but yeah, in Art I don't want to comment about it. <laughs> Right, I think. So yeah, so I think no, our little chikahan is okay in a zoo. Uh, we are able to share with everyone else about a little background. Mm-hmm. And without further ado, I think it's important that we now announce or introduce our guest for today's episode. Now, just a little briefer, he was actually part of the European Union Climate Negotiating Team, and also former member of the Standing Committee on Financial Aid, Finance and Climate Convention. Now, recently in the Philippines, the Embassy of the Netherlands in Manila partnered with the Institute for Climate and Sustainable Cities, or ICSC, to convene a three-part webinar series entitled Climate Change and COVID-19 Adapting to Two New Normals. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, introducing Honorable Peter Terpstra. Sir Peter, welcome. Sir Peter. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you for uh, for having me on uh, on the podcast. And, um, yeah, it's great to be here. So, uh, We're so oh, glad thanks. to have you, make Chica, all the way there. We can't wait for little <laughs> <laughs> So, where, where are you now, Sir Peter? Uh, where are you Why residing now? 
I live in uh, Makati, so I've been in uh, the Philippines uh, for two and a half, uh, two and a half years. So uh, yeah, so it's been uh, it's been great. Uh, though I've been uh, yeah. a lot inside. I've seen a lot of my uh, my garden, but uh, <laughs> I hope to uh, I hope to uh, go out and visit Davao. So uh, hopefully soon uh, we're going to open an honorary mm-hmm. consulate there. So uh, yeah, okay. travel to uh, to Davao. Hopefully early next year. Uh, yeah. Oh, before, um, Sir Peter, before you came here in the Philippines, like, if you don't mind us asking, like, where have you been? Like, which country? Where have you been all my life? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of places, uh, traveling around. But, well, right before coming to the, the Philippines, I was in the Netherlands. As you said, I was part mm-hmm. of the EU uh, climate finance negotiations um, under the, the climate finance uh, convention. Uh, but before that, I was in uh, in the United States, in Washington D.C. Uh, and before that, I lived in Tokyo, in uh, Japan, and I lived in Bangladesh, uh, Dhaka, uh, and then again Netherlands, and before that in Senegal. And I also, when I, I studied, uh, did part of my studies in uh, Indonesia and in uh, Kenya and in Curacao. So I'm I'm by trading, I'm a marine biologist. Specializing in tropical marine ecology, and uh, and I wow. also did uh, financial economics, so it's uh, the finance environment. Wow, uh, Zoo! I think we have to give uh, I think we have to give the Mr. Worldwide uh, title. We have to pass it over. I have to move over. I've only been to three. <laughs> Sir Peter here has been through the entire map. It sounds like yeah, a lot. Well, Sir Peter, um, aside from the Philippines, which country do you think you most enjoyed? Like, aside from. Well, what are some highlights out of all the countries you've just named? What are some highlights? Because ours, um, ours sound boring now. Whatever you're gonna mention. Yeah, true. <laughs> no, no. Well, I think every every country has its own sort of you know. Uh, things that yeah. make it special yeah. uh, and so yeah I don't know I, I, I did like living in uh, in Washington DC because we had uh, we lived in a very nice uh, neighborhood uh, and we had a very uh, yeah good friends there and we and still we go there we can stay in our old house and uh, we visit all our neighbors so that's nice but uh, yeah like Bangladesh I mean it's it's not an easy country to live sometimes uh, but mm. it, it's it's very yeah if you go outside of Dhaka it's very beautiful. It's uh, it's a lot of water, a lot of uh, green, a lot of people, of course. Um, and uh, yeah, also like Japan in Tokyo, it's a massive city, but it um, yeah, it's, it has a lot of uh, culture and a lot of parks and a lot of museums and uh, shrines where you can visit. And we drove around a lot in, uh, on uh, different islands. So it's also nice. And yeah, Senegal is, of course, where I lived is very, very different. It's, uh, it's West Africa. It's uh, close to the Sahara. So it's very dry, a lot of uh, dust. Uh, but you have, uh, you have certain, yeah, I worked for an NGO, which, uh, which worked on uh, nature conservation. So there are a lot of wetlands, so uh, lakes where massive amount of birds come. So if you go to these lakes, it's in the middle of the desert. You see like thousands of birds and, uh, and it's really beautiful. So. Yeah, so I think every country has its uh, yeah, the things that make it nice and make it different and special. So, and the same uh, for the for the Philippines. And for, unfortunately, I haven't been that much out of the city. 
know, it's, it's pretty big and pretty intense. But uh, but yeah, it's also it's nice. Yeah, as you say, the people are very friendly, and uh, of course, well, you can go. I've been to uh, to to some places to Cebu and uh, to El Nido. So yeah, that's it's really beautiful. So, Have you so. been to one of the beaches here? Uh, well, I've been to Mabini and uh, to Anilao. Yeah, so um, those. That's in a, yeah. Yeah, so, but, uh, yeah, not as much as I like, but now hopefully things will get better so we can uh, move around a bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you did mention earlier you, you were able to visit a lot of these countries. And one thing I'd like to know is, like, um, how is the overall commuting experience in these countries? Like, if we compare, like, a developing country commuting experience to like a developing country now, let's just say the u.s and the philippines like does it is it necessarily uh is it automatic in a sense that oh just because the u.s is a dev, um uh a first world country it automatically ha- it automatically has like a better commuting system or what what's your thoughts on that on the commuting systems in general and like compared to all these countries that you've been to yeah, well, that's interesting. Is uh, when when you started this question, I thought, yeah, it's it's uh, the public, probably the public transport that is better in sort of developed countries. But you pick the United States, and their public transport is uh, well, <laughs> yeah, probably a bad I example. Have to, I have to agree with you. <laughs> bad example there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like in, in the Netherlands, uh, yeah, I really like taking the bus. It's uh, it's very comfortable, and uh, and also what I like, uh, and it's also. In, uh, yeah, in Japan as well, it's uh, it's connections that you can make. So the so the the node, the, the transport node. So in the Netherlands, you you buy a bus ticket. And you have a card which you load money on. It's pretty much the same as in Hong Kong. You take the bus, but then you come to the train station with the bus, and there's also like a, a bike uh, parking where you can rent bikes with the same ticket. Yeah. So you just walk into the uh, they have hundreds of bikes. You 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 tap your ticket on the lock and and that opens the bike and, and you can take your bike. And and those kind of things are, are yeah that's what I like about is commuting in the Netherlands. In the United States, yeah, I mean yeah, they said uh, public transport. I had to take public transport there, but uh, I know if you've been in uh, D.C., it's terrible. You know, the the metro just catches fire when you're on the, on the metro. <laughs> oh so no! <laughs> so then they have to stop, and then everybody has to go out, and there's smoke, and yeah, so that's not a good example. And also biking in like uh, in the U.S. is uh, they're they're not really used to bikes and have big cars, so. So and it's also a little bit here. I mean, I, I think Manila is doing great in investing in uh, in biking infrastructure, and also as an embassy, we uh, we support a lot of that work. But people are just not always used to bikes, so they think you know if you if you pass a bike and you give it like ten centimeters of space, that's enough. But as a biker, that's that's very scary. So you need a lot of distance actually when you when you take over a bike with a car and and like in the Netherlands cars are used to that so it's safe to drive a car but in the States or in uh, in here or even also in Bangladesh also because the streets are smaller and, uh, and the bike lanes are unprotected so that makes yeah commuting very different um, and um, yeah commuting in Senegal is, uh, was tough because it's so hot <laughs> here it's hot but in, in Senegal it's really hot <laughs> so so yeah, so their biking was uh, was not uh, not always that easy, but um, yeah, I enjoy biking. And uh, actually, this weekend I'll probably go out uh, bike to Moa, to the Mall of Asia, or go to uh, to go to the south with Pasig. Uh, 
and uh, it's just a nice way to see a city if it's not raining because yeah <laughs> we'll probably also have some uh, part of the typhoon coming over but uh well, that sounds really good. I'll just ask, um, Sir Peter, do you have like trams in Netherlands as well? Yeah, yeah we have. Uh, yeah, we have. We, we don't have that many cities that have subways, but we we mostly have trams. So they're on a on a fixed uh, fixed rails in the in the street. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's yeah, most cities just have uh, buses. <clears throat> but of course, you see a lot of moves to to make. Uh, city centers uh, car and bus free so it's only walking or biking um, and, uh, and a lot more greenery so uh, actually the town where I live main shopping street uh, there's no cars there you're not allowed and you're also not allowed to bike it's just walking and it's the same in, in The Hague and um, parts of Utrecht or, or just uh, big cities they, they discourage uh, taking the, the car uh, or, or keep cars outside of the city center, uh, period. Uh, and so they, um, like in, in Utrecht, they they closed a lot of, they, we had canals, they closed a lot of canals and made streets. But now they're actually uh, taking away the streets, opening the canals again. And because it's also, it's good for your, you know, for, for people's uh, happiness and for your enjoyment of living in a certain city, if there's more greenery. Uh, and so, yeah, so most cities, um, yeah, buses uh, and bikeways, of course, uh, and some cities still have trams, like Amsterdam has a tram system. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, oh. Yeah. yeah so, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Zoo. So I just wanted to mention this because you did mention like um, a lot about the the push towards free public transport, and I actually also had a lot of experience with that, and. We talked about this during pre-production. I just want to bring it up because it was a really interesting topic. Like, because um, the first thing that popped into my head when when we talk about free transportation is is bikes and bike lanes, right? And of course, um, I think I think we've also seen a few bike lanes here and there in the Philippines. And I just wanted to ask you, um, what do you think is because you mentioned this in our pre in our pre-production how bike lanes is like uh it's just a means of travel like in 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 other countries right but but compared to here it seems like it's it has like an image when you're riding a bike somewhere where it's it's closely related to like a social class right so what do you think how do you think uh where do you think that stemmed from like this this image how bikes if you ride a bike oh you probably can't afford this and that like where do you think that stems from um, well, I, I don't know. I think that's a good question, but uh, I, I think it was wasn't different in the Netherlands in the 60s and 70s when people were just you know they were coming basically out of the war and everything was destructed mm. and and so when you yeah. had money you could buy a car and you could show off like you know I have money I can buy a car, but uh, I think now people start to realize well I don't I don't need to have a big car to show off how well I'm doing. Uh, and but that also is is of course it's a it's a whole social process. I mean our our king and our our uh, prime minister they, they take the bike. I mean you have photos like I think it's a U.S. president who came to the Netherlands and then they showed two photos of the U.S. president arriving with like big cars and helicopters and the Dutch president arriving on his bicycle. Uh, <laughs> and I think wow. that those kind of images are 
are very important for for people to see. Like, oh, I you know, I can I can ride a I can be well off and I can still ride a bike. And, um, yeah. So that so that in the Netherlands, it's not really. If, if anything, if you, you have certain bikes that are quite expensive, actually, so so yeah, you can uh, yeah, <laughs> um, you can still show off even with your expensive bike. Um, but um, yeah, but, but in the Netherlands, yeah, it's just a, another form of transport. Like, uh, yeah. well, the statistics are like in the Netherlands, there are more bicycles than people. Also, if you come to my house, uh, yeah, we have uh, you know, I have two kids and my wife, and we, I think we have six bikes or something four of us and uh, <laughs> I don't know where they came from but uh, yeah it's just uh, it's a way of life and it's also it starts really young that's um, I think I learned how to buy a bike from my uh, from my grandfather when I was uh, six or seven or something and um, and when we moved back from the States to the Netherlands I think the first thing we did was buy bicycles for our kids they can they can bike around because all their friends also take the bikes and they go to the ice cream store they go to the park or do you have like those bikes where it's like a family bike you all hop on in one <laughs> you guys pedal together <laughs> yeah yeah we used to have one one of those uh, like a oh, wow. bike yeah so okay it's like a big basket so we could fit like two children have a dog and then you know, wow, some, uh, groceries cool. and uh, it's electric oh, okay. because uh, it's pretty heavy <laughs> but it's like it has a small motor but yeah, it's very wow. useful, and um, and you see, yeah, and I, and I think that's also the difference, for instance, in the states. With, it's a bit off topic, but there, you, if you want to do groceries, you need to drive a long time. You need to buy like bulk amounts of food or whatever. But in the Netherlands, you have small stores, so you go with your bike. You have a basket on your bike or like a cargo bike, and you put your your groceries in your bike and you bike home. You do sh smaller shopping every day. And uh, so it's the whole city is also designed for for uh, short short distance commutes using your bike. And, uh, yeah, so that's it's, I think it's just a different way of how you design cities and how you think that people should live. And it's uh, and well in the Netherlands it's also uh, of course fo we're focused on health. So it's uh, yeah if you, if you it's stimulated that you that you bike. Uh, and, and bike shorter distances, go to the store for to 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 buy groceries, as I said, and or go to the sports uh, you know, club. And like my work uh, when I live in the Netherlands is about 10 kilometers away. So uh, and for me it doesn't matter. I can take the car, uh, bus, or bike. It's it's almost the same time amount of time that it takes me to get to work. So uh, so I prefer to go to go my bike because, as you said, it's outside. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's healthy. Uh, of course, when it's raining or snowing, then yeah, you know, I'll take the bus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have a, or a snow yeah, bike. You guys don't have snow bikes that pedals the snow. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but, um, yeah, luckily it doesn't snow that much in the Netherlands, but uh, yeah, it can be very cold. Yeah. All right. Um, since we're talking about like bike and bike lanes, um, do you agree or what do you think about the thing? Since it's pandemic, right? So. Like almost everyone's um, commute system is bike. Like out of nowhere, like Philippines turned into like a bike people thing. So like most of the ways had like mushrooms with bike lanes. So do you think it's um, bike lanes should have a strategy plan for that, or can we just literally put bike lanes next to road with cars? Or yeah, what's your take about that? Yeah, well, I think of course you. 
the Philippines was very much focused on just roads. So you have to mm-hmm. retrofit a lot of your roads at this moment if you want to fit bike lanes. Uh, and yeah, you need you do need a strategy. Like uh, I I tried to commute to my work in the states, but they had nice bike lanes, but then suddenly they just stopped. And I think nobody thought about it. You know, uh, yeah, we have a nice bike lane. And so then I was sort of stuck on this massive crossing with a lot of cars, and there was no way where I could go because nobody really thought about you know what do you do next once you arrive there. Uh, and so, and so, yeah. So you you do need uh, planning, and also um, in the Netherlands, we we have a, there's also a sort of cascading of how you design um, bicycle lanes. So if you if you're you're in a smaller city, bicycle lanes you don't have usually don't have dedicated bicycle lanes. It's just uh, the cars and bikes share the road. But when you connect two cities and you have a, a a road that where where cars drive on a, at a higher speed, then you have protected bike lanes, uh, and then there's a third category which is like only bikes. So they're like bicycle highways connecting cities where there are no cars anymore. Wow. So um, yeah, so they're long stretches where we have like four lanes for bikes. Um, so yeah, I think you you really need to think about how do you connect the different. For instance, here in Manila, how do you connect? Uh, Quezon to uh, to Manila or to Pasig, and and then within Quezon, people can just bike around because it's like a, it's a smaller city. But how do you how do you make those longer term connections? For that, you really need a plan, and the government, as I understand, well, they have that. Um, but yeah, and then of course the next step is to integrate bike lanes and biking infrastructure from the get go. So when you design new cities or when you design new uh, infrastructure um, but that, that will be the, the next step of course now there's a lot of retrofitting that needs to happen if you want to integrate uh, bikes and I do I do I think that some cities could be could be bolder and could just say you know no bike no cars in in certain areas I think it's it's, it's very well possible here but but of course here in the Philippines especially Manila is very much focused on cars like going to the mall, going to the shopping yeah. uh, mall. You, you go with your car, you park it somewhere. Um, but it would be nice if you just close off certain areas, put more greenery in, because I think that's yeah. really missing here in, in Manila, especially. Uh, there, I think it's, when you look at the percentage, it's very low in terms of uh, parks and greenery. And it's important for, not only for the for the city, it's for the people, but it's also for the air and for you know your, your quality of life. It's important yeah. to see trees <laughs> and to have exactly. you know, a park where it can go which i think is sometimes missing here in, in, uh, in Manila. But, uh, yeah. I, th- I think i think what i got from what you said sir peter is like we were able to have bike lanes but we weren't able to understand it before putting it on it's like we were just the bike lanes here in the philippines seems more like a like a little video game like sims per se you just you just plot it on there but when it got down to it when actually trying to utilize it like you said you know at a crossing you had no idea where to go i think that's where the importance there about when it comes to bike lane, bike lanes is able to yeah, have well, this yeah yeah well this the, the example that the the bike lane just stopped that was from washington dc i think here yeah, I think the government is doing, and especially if you go to Quezon City, for instance, uh, they're doing a really good job trying to put in, uh, of course, you have to start somewhere and then it's disconnected, yeah. but, uh, but but then you fill it in and the network becomes better and then also more people use it. 
Yeah, uh, I think that that is also important. And uh, but uh, yeah, as you said, it started mainly during the pandemic. That now this this whole push for for biking, and I, and I hope they they keep it up. Uh, and, uh, like yeah, here in Makati, you have a pretty big dedicated lane for for bicycles, and I really hope that they keep it up even if the traffic uh, comes back. So. Uh, yeah. I, was, I was supposed to ask that, like, since the pandemic, since a lot of people went to, like, switch to biking, um, do you think, like, when we go back to normal or, like, no, since it's the cases has been increasing, you think um, we'll revert back to being uh, car-centric, you know, cities? <laughs> ditch the bikes. Yeah, or <laughs> should, like, switch the bikes or, you know, maintain the bike lanes and take the bike city. What do you think? Um, yeah, I don't know. And yeah, there, there, there's a risk that that will happen. But I also see uh, like government, national government, local governments, but also companies that we work with are very interested in, um, uh, in, in promoting and keeping promoting uh, uh, biking. So we're working with the, the Makati Business Club here and, they, and their members are very interested in uh, how as a company can I stimulate my, my employees to, to bike and to come to work by bike. And that, that's a big question. And that's also, for instance, and I, I re- we feel really bad about this, but uh, we're in a, in a big tower in, uh, in Makati, but there's no bike parking in our tower. <laughs> so, so we smuggle the bike in, which is a, like a promotional material in, <laughs> in our embassy. But when I come to bike to work, I have to park it somewhere else. And uh, yeah, so so those are kind of things that, that companies can also do and that they're interested in, like provide like a, a dedicated parking space provide um showers where people can uh, fresh up that's yeah. what we have in the ministry in the hague oh, if wow. you go to work you can you can shower and you have a locker where you can have your suit um so yeah so to make it easier for people to uh, to come to work um but yeah so but yeah i, I really hope that that uh, that, that uh, people and, and companies will, uh, will keep it up i think there's a lot of dedication and uh, mission but uh-huh. yeah, once once it gets rainy season and maybe hot, and then people think, well, uh, I might just you know take the keep me or the or the bus. Wait, uh, so you <laughs> bike to work and then you get ready at work? Yeah, for so work. I, yeah, I well, I don't mind. Well, in the Netherlands, eh? I mean it's it's not as hot as here, but I bike in my suit mm. to work. Uh, okay, and I just go to work. But some people they they bike faster than me or they have a longer commute and so you yeah you can take a shower and, uh, oh, okay. and, uh, and you can change um, and you have, yeah yeah I said you have a locker where some people have like two three suits in, uh, in it so um, that's yeah. cool yeah that's yeah. cool like I've seen a building when I was in Prague like I'll, I just share this because it's really awesome um, that's, that's flex malam <laughs> joke. <laughs> <laughs> one of way to promote the biking thing among yeah. the employees like they have the parking for cars of course and then when you yeah. go like in the basement of their building there's really like a huge space also for bikes like they have a charger for electric bikes they have multiple lockers they have yeah what said what sir peter said like um shower areas and the owner told us that since they did that um almost everyone in their employee like track or roster switched to bikes so i really believe that one way of like you know promulgating all of this is starting from the higher ups like you know starting from 
those big corporations and like promoting those kind of stuff so that you know people will really follow so yeah. yeah that's awesome i hope we can do that too in the philippines yeah. we also and, have and, something similar uh, do you want to go first <laughs> peter before i share my no well i was uh, wanted to say that and you don't have to take your whole commute uh, on my bike some people are just live far away but you can yeah like my colleague of mine she bought a, a folding bike so you you take a oh, long, wow. distance bar, long distance bus a and you take your bike, bike. Yeah, you take your bike with you and then you just bike the last uh, kilometer instead of waiting like uh, half an hour for a GP or a local bus. Uh, yeah. You know, you can just bike. And, and I think those kind of, if that happens more often, that people see sort of the benefit of the, taking the last mile with a bicycle, I think then people will continue to, to, to cycle. But uh, if you're asking people to bike to work for 30 kilometers every day, then, <laughs> yeah, nobody's going to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I, li- I like that you mentioned that, Because in Hong Kong, it's my turn with my country. Because uh, <laughs> in Hong Kong, they also has they also just not recently, but a, f- a, f- a few years ago, I think they they introduced this um, uh, this rentable bike station where it's literally where you park your bike and and you you put money in and you take the bike out and you just ride and then you just find the nearest um, bike parking, you just return it and that that in itself showed like a drastic increase of people using bikes so that put a question in mind that maybe people aren't maybe people uh, that are not biking aren't necessarily doing it because um they don't want to bike maybe they just don't have a means to and i think you know the city providing these bikes you know more rental bikes further encourage them to bike in the first place which maybe we could see in the philippines maybe it could work you know we have rentable bike stations that we can like slot some coins in that would, that would be cool because i know yeah. it's working in hong kong is there have you experiencing have you experienced something similar sir peter with like rentable bike stops have you seen those in the countries you've been in uh yeah you have them in uh, in washington dc I, I think i also saw them here in, uh, in- in Makati and BGC, oh, okay. I think they, they have. Uh, yeah, I haven't used them yet, but uh, yeah, they have them there. Um, mm-hmm. I think those are yeah, and in the Netherlands, it's quite big uh, to to uh, rent this bike. We also had a we call them the white white bike plan, but this was in the 70s, and the bikes were free. And you could just use them and then leave them, and then somebody would pick them up until all the bikes were gone. So yeah, you need a, you need a good system <laughs> to track all of them. There was no there was no system back then. It's just survival of the fittest bike. <laughs> yes. Bike. Yeah, but in the Netherlands, you have another uh, scheme which is you can uh, lease uh, a bike, and you can actually recognize them. They have a blue tire front, okay. so you you pay the company. The exact amount, like a certain amount per month. Something happens to your bike, you just bring it to them, you get a new one. Uh, they're simple bikes, but yeah, so you can lease them. So uh, those are also uh, good options for uh, yeah, if you don't want to invest in a, in a new bike or, uh, or just want to try it. But um, yeah, so there, there are different kind of models that that uh, yeah that are being tried all around the world um, to make uh, yeah make it more easy or easier for people to use a bike. Yeah. Exactly. Ikozo, yeah. um, uh, did you want to say something? I know. I would just say that we also have a scooter, like you know, scooter thing, rentable scooters. That's actually yeah. a thing too. That's oh yeah, that's that's starting to pop up now. Hey, like people with uh, electric scooters on the road. I, I've I've seen one of those. I actually want to want. I actually wanted to get one. It costs like 10k. 
15k <laughs> on Shopee? Yeah. Oh my god, you're a Shopee uh, guy too. <laughs> <laughs> Who's not? I mean, I mean that being said, because we we talked about a lot of um, a lot of modes of transport, and I, I just wanted to ask because I I brought this up before, and let's let's talk about countries like Hong Kong, uh, countries like India, countries like Philippines. Uh, a lot of things that these countries have in common, it's like their cityscapes are really tight and packed and, and there's so many, so many people with cars and tricycles and motorbikes, you know, and compared, let's, let's compare it to a country like, you know, the Netherlands where it's in Australia, where it's, you know, uh, there's a lot of, you know, places you can find people riding bikes and walking around. So what do you think is the, the advantage or, or we can say what do you think is the disadvantages of a, a car-centric country um yeah well the disadvantage of car-centric countries uh, yeah I, well, I see health and environment uh, disadvantages uh, of course there's a lot of pollution if you have uh, cars oh, yeah. And, uh, and yeah you, you sit and you drive but i think also it's um uh, I don't know what it is the right term, but it's a little bit undemocratic. I mean, you, the, the cars take up a lot of space uh, <laughs> for very few people. And so if you look at the statistics, if you, if you want to move people uh, from A to B, a car is probably the, the, the least efficient uh, mode of transport. Uh, because you can fit one and if you're lucky somebody will like car share so they drive two people <laughs> or, or a family yeah. uh, but it takes up a lot of space on the road and so if you want to be efficient in moving people around uh, bikes or, or bus buses are, are most efficient because you can fit most people uh, and that makes also the city less dense I think if you if yeah. you have uh, you know, the cars uh, today I had to go to Intramuros yeah you're just in traffic jam like the whole way uh, almost uh, which is another uh, big loss because yeah it's a loss of time and, and energy and fuel wasted um, but yeah so that's another thing I think what ben Manila could really benefit from is it's better public infrastructure and I think the, the bus rapid transport corridors that they now have is a good start and of course they're investing in the metro but that takes a long time uh, for, to, to come to uh, yeah, to be completed um, but um, yeah so I think that's by the way yeah it's it's of course also very busy here on the street yeah you, you mentioned you have different modes of transport and, and cars crisscrossing and, uh, and everything but in the netherlands there's now also a trend where they where they they put less markings on on crossings especially when it's bikes bicycles and people uh to make to confuse people actually uh but that actually leads to safer uh to, to, to fewer um, uh, collisions or, or fewer uh, accidents because people know like oh I have to pay attention you know if you if you have like a, a bike lane that, that's just straight and you know you can bike and people uh, they bike at higher speeds and then if suddenly there's a crossing <laughs> then you come at it, at it with a higher speed yeah. like in the Hague it's, it's a bit confusing I actually I'm not sure whether I like it but now yeah, you have bikes and people all on the same street uh, and so you have to be really careful and look, you know, is there a bike coming and can I cross or not? And, uh, but they say it's safer. I'm, I'm not so sure. <laughs> but, yeah, so... Um, more aware, yeah. Yeah. So, and that's another, yeah, there's a, 
Um, there's a documentary if you have the possibility to to view it. It's called Why We Cycle, and it's a uh, it's more the psychology and uh, behind cycling. And one of the things is also that people that uh, that cycle, uh, or cities where people cycle a lot, are are friendlier and uh, people have more connection with each other. That's because if you sit in a car, you sit behind the windshield, and a lot of you know metal around you, so you have little connection with the people yeah. that, that who you share the road with. Whereas if you're on a bike. Now, you know, if there's a, a traffic light, you will st be standing next to the person who you just overtook or, or you know, uh, so, yeah. so be, you have more connection. People can see each other better. They can, they can actually look at each other and, and see each other's faces. Uh, and that makes it more, uh, makes that people feel that they're more connected with their city, which I think is another benefit of uh, having uh, you know, non-motorized or, or at least non-car transport. I'm not saying that cars should be gone, you know, <laughs> from the streets yeah. because eradicate all cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As, a, as a climate climate negotiator, I would, yeah, I don't know, but uh, um, you know, they, they have a function. But I think my preference would be in, for smaller cities uh, where you can use, uh, yeah, micro mobility or so you know, walking, uh, biking, scooters. Uh, where you have more connection with people and you're more out in the open, less pollution. Yeah. yeah. I think I'll have to agree with Sir Peter there because you know, one of really the disadvantage of being a car-centric city is, I don't know if it's just me, but it makes the city worse. I mean, if mm -hmm. you're really focusing more on cars, I don't know how to revert it to not focus on cars anymore because if you give way too much, um, you know, priority or you prioritize cars more like you'll always have to chop your sideways of the road to bring more roads you know so yeah. traffic literally traffic it's i don't know why they haven't like realized it yet here but they keep on expanding the road thinking that it will ease traffic where in reality it doesn't you know yeah and also also what sir peter said about Uh, why people cycle in general it makes them more connected with other people and the environment I, i think that's an important thing to note because if we look at a car centric city let's say you want you're gonna go somewhere in a car to a city right it's literally just you from point a to point b and that's it uh, you're not taking into consideration or there seems to be like a disconnect with the environment in general you know when you're going to that place yeah and the people as as per if you ride a bike i guess you you, you better appreciate your surroundings Because you're literally, you know, just on a bike and it's just you all around. So I, I do, I do uh, resonate with that idea because uh, back in Australia, like, <clears throat> I would also ride my bike to school uh, when I was in grade school. Uh, and yeah, it was actually, it, it's, it's a different experience because in the car you can do anything. You're distracted, you can fall asleep and wake up, you're in your destination. But the, but it, it's like what they say, it's not about the destination, it's the journey. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right, right. And and only bikes can do that. Only you know, being in the environment is able. To, are you able to realize that? That's my two cents on it. I'll add the health benefit that it will bring. Like imagine cycling every day. You know, the metabolism is spiking up. You know, all yeah. the cholesterol will burn down. So I think it's really great 
thing for people or like a city to focus on these things rather than you know because i don't know where did they get the notion that what to consider a city to be like you know urbanized or progressive like a lot of people are using cars but in reality it's so bad like yeah no. it gets just it's just gets worse yeah but uh, yeah i agree i agree so that being said sir peter like what do you think is the importance with like what i said and what you you mentioned as well about having the capacity to connect with the environment like why is this important in the first place because i think i think that question alone would answer or convince people why they should bike in general you know what's the importance of being connected with the environment of your of your i know of your surroundings rather than just getting to the destination well I don't know. Well, when, when you ask the question, what came to mind to me is that there is research where they, uh, they track people's happiness. Uh, oh. Uh, and but some of so so they asked people who, who whose commute was through um, along a highway, and then okay. they asked uh, the same questions to to other people who had a commute through nature. And the people who would bike through nature are just happier <laughs> than the people who would bike along a highway. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that that's, that for me and you know, just being out in nature makes people happier. Apparently the color green also makes people happier. Um, so yeah, connection with nature. Yeah, of course I'm a, I'm a biologist. So for me, nature and environment is very important. So uh, I think just having yeah, it makes you makes you just feel happier, which I think makes you as a, a better person. Um, so that for me would it makes it important, and and it's also well, uh, that's more for for children, especially in the Netherlands. It also gives a more a bigger sense of freedom um, because yeah, with the bicycle, you know, every, everybody can can walk, but with the bicycle, you're slightly more mobile, so you have more op- more opportunities to explore. That's that's another thing. They they say that children in the Netherlands always score very high on sort of the happiest children in the world, and and we wow. I I believe that it's it's because of the biking. It's because you have more autonomy. You have uh, you, you, as a parent, it's sometimes it's a it's a bit scary. You know, you just you know yeah go out and bike to the other side of the town. <laughs> but uh, you know, but um, yeah, it's for for children. It's very important uh, to have that autonomy. Uh, and to be able to scope out their surroundings. Um, yeah, and as I said, you know, um, having connection with nature, being outside, um, being able to, to connect with people, uh, con- connect with nature, which, which makes you more happier, I think is, a, is an important aspect of, uh, of cycling. So it's, um, yeah. Um, yeah, since we're um, like getting no bikings already, do you think it's also possible in cities like Manila or you know crab cities to promote or like to have more of the walkability within the people you know because I, I don't I don't know it but for me I like to walk like I love I love enjoying my moment you know going from point A to point B it's so nice so and I think it has a lot of benefits too so Sir Peter what what's your take about the walkability from within the city um yeah i think um, but the weather of course plays an important role in that and it's and it's yeah it, 
can be quite warm and, and sweaty. I mean, I'm, I did not grow grow up in a, in, a, in a tropical country, so maybe I'm suffering more than others. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I think here what I really appreciate, for instance, here in Makati, where I work also a lot, is that you you also have like uh, uh, shaded areas or oh, yeah. the, the walk walk paths, the canopies. Uh, and I know that, the, for instance, the ADB, the Asian Development Bank, is investing uh, here in the Philippines also in uh, what they call greenways uh, connections. So, so yeah, so it's uh, kind of be connected uh, walkways, uh, elevated walkways. So yeah, I think that here is good. What I, what sometimes, and I, you also mentioned it, so um, so um, that the cars are taking up more and more space in roads. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but sometimes the sidewalks are just not are non-existent <laughs> or yeah. very small or very mm-hmm. occupied uh, by by others, uh, and that make that that limits walkability or at least makes it a little bit more uh, more dangerous. I think. Um, but um, yeah, other than that, I think um, yeah, it's really good. Um, yeah, and I enjoy uh, like well, today I was in Intramuros, just uh, walk around. And, that's a really mm-hmm. beautiful part of the city, so it's uh, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I understand what uh, where Zoo is coming from because it's it's also like, I mean, I could relate because you know me and my friends after school, you know, when we decide to go somewhere, it's like, oh, how are we gonna get there? Uh, you guys want to walk? And and everyone just has like that sour look on their face. Like, why why why, you, why do you want to walk? It's so hot. Like, are you are you crazy? And then. <laughs> and I think that, I think that brings into perspective like uh, some people recognizing that people don't want to walk because of the weather so they counter it by making roads wider for more vehicle access I guess but I think it, it ties down to you know applying the environment to reduce the climax the, 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 the weathering effects or the, the existing climate effects you know because um, I think I think uh, Kate and Zoo can also, uh, attest to this when we study about you know tropical architecture it's a lot of it is heavy use of the environment the existing environment and adding vegetation to reduce this um to reduce the heat level right so i think it's all about perspective you know and it, it, it comes down to how we're going to tackle the problem because if the problem is heat right if, if people don't want to walk because it's too hot then there's more ways of of countering it mm-hmm. rather than just using you know Cars. let's just have more cars you know yeah. why don't rather than yeah why, rather than why don't we we make it easier for people to walk rather than ah, people don't want to walk in general you know what i mean so i think that's what's happening here yeah so exactly um being that said how do you guys think or sir peter let's start with you how do you think um where should we start and like you know achieving this buy a bike now <laughs> the link is down below. Um, yeah. Buy a bike. <laughs> this is not sponsored. <laughs> yeah, like seriously, Sir Peter, like where do you think we should start on this? On how are we going to make our city more livable? Like you know, harmoniously living together with bikes, um, with reduced carways. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. I, I was. Uh, I gave that little bit of thought in the past couple of days, but I, I really think that uh, 
Uh, bikes is one, but I think good public transport, mass transport, uh, that's another one. That's really that's really necessary because then you take people off the uh, cars off the street at least. Like in in Tokyo, they have uh, also 25 million people, but you know it's not that busy on the street because you have this massive uh, transport system uh, yeah. underground uh, and which just moves around uh, people. You can get anywhere in the city uh, using the subway. Um, but yeah, that's going to take a long, long time. And um, yeah, I think you know, good first steps have been made by, by retrofitting uh, some uh, bike lanes in, uh, working on, uh, on standards also on what bike lanes should look like and how to make them safe. Uh, I think that, that was, that's important. Getting the private sector involved and, uh, and uh, so that they also give incentives to their, their employees to, uh, to come to work by bike. Like in the Netherlands, you can buy a bike and you, you get uh, uh, taxes back through the government scheme. So it's, it's uh, slightly cheaper to buy a bike. Um, yeah, I think those are, those are things. And yeah, one of the things you know, I also mentioned is uh, see if you can invest in more green. And I think there's a, that, that's really necessary. Well, I'm talking about Manila. Some of the other cities have still have a lot of green, which is very good. Uh, like Ilo Ilo, we worked with them, and they have a very good uh, bike lane system, and it's, uh, it's still quite green. Uh, but Manila, yeah, it really lacks uh, greenery. And uh, but of course, there's a lot of pressure on on land uh, to build uh, housing and uh, commercial real estate. I understand that. But at a certain point, your city becomes, you know, it's difficult to live in if you don't have enough uh, green spaces for people to, uh, to relax and enjoy themselves. So, yeah. Those are sort yeah. of my, uh, yeah, no, I don't know where to start first. I don't know. It's, it's a big agenda. <laughs> a lot of things yeah. need to be done. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I actually agree with what Sir Peter said regarding, you know, um, investing in green because um, my, my father is also is actually a, um, an engineer and I always and I always asked him because in Hong Kong, I mentioned this before, how we also have an underground train system. And I always ask him, like, why don't we just implement that in the Philippines? I mean, if, if one thing is working in this place, I mean, why can't we just translate it in the Philippines? And of course, he, he laughed at me and um, he said that it's the, the, the archipelago of Philippines. It just doesn't allow for an underground train system, you know, and and that brings to light that just because one effective transport is working to help alleviate, um, how do you say this, car centricness, um, that doesn't mean there aren't other ways. And we can look into investing green, like what Sarah uh, Peter said, you know, to to help uh, to help, I guess, uh, convince people to walk more, to to bike more. I guess, I guess that's the first step. So that being said, um, buy a bike now. Link down below. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I think you can feed now. Yeah. But I guess throughout throughout the podcast, we really learned about how the importance of one riding a bike because uh-huh. I think I think people forget forget the the purpose of the bike because people think that oh, it's too hassle like you know you ride a bike and you you're sweaty and you and you and you and it's hot and you're going to the mall you know in your clothes your drip you don't want to ruin your drip you know when you go uh-huh. to the mall but. 
not not only that, we should look at it as uh, a means of transport, like going to work, going to school, mm -hmm. in, in that kind of sense. I think I think that was the main takeaway of, of what we we talked about today, as well as able to apply nature and appreciate it and be connected, because you know, apparently we'll be more happy, you know, if we're if we're be biking. So the Pursuit of Happiness movie, it should have been about a bike. Yes. Okay, guys. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> how about how about you, Zoo? Yeah, I think I have to agree with you guys. Like, you know, it's about all the... Um, a city should be always be that... Or be there for the people, you know, because it always includes the people's welfare. You know, how are we going to survive it in a city? Because I don't think we're all going to survive in a car-centric city. Because, you know, it's yeah. like where there are more cars than people. So yeah, it's really important to, you know, prioritize the people, the environment, you know, this, the places that we'll, we're living. So I guess we, we could really start for that. And uh, besides buying a bike now, guys. <laughs> Buy a scooter! We'll <laughs> <laughs> help you guys, you know, um, to be plantitos, plantitas, you know, those, ho those hobbies you had in the pandemic first part of the pandemic it's it's really yeah. helping yeah how about yeah. sir how about you sir peter before before we finish up in this uh in this podcast <laughs> of ours what, what what's your final message to the the non-bikers out there or or the <laughs> or oh, your yeah. or a, a little something about <laughs> your or your the work of yours that you'd like to share with everyone before we end no, buy a bike. No, it's a no. Buy a Dutch bike. No. Yeah. <laughs> Not just any bike, a Dutch bike. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah. No, yeah. As an embassy, I mean, yeah. Of course, we. we I, I like to talk about biking, and it's very. It, it's in our genes or in our nature. I think as uh, Dutch people. Uh, but yeah, we're also working with uh, with the government. NGOs, uh, Bikers Unite movement, and uh, uh, some other other groups uh, on promoting uh, cycling. And as you said, yeah, I mean, we're not here to promote Dutch way of cycling or Dutch solutions or something. Because as you say, every every city, every you know, uh, has its own restrictions or its own history or or its own culture. Uh, but at least we can share what. Uh, we do and what we like and then you can say well this is this fits for us or why don't we do it like this and, and i think that's uh, that's the way also that it should grow it's sort of organically you cannot put it in and just say you know now everybody's going to cycle um but uh, yeah so that's yeah well because that yeah thank you for inviting me and, uh, and giving me also the opportunity to, to talk to you about uh, about this topic and uh yeah, I really hope uh, everybody, yeah, go out, buy a bike now. Uh -huh. uh, buy a bike. bike. <laughs> yeah, touch bike. <laughs> orange, orange bike. Then uh, that's, uh, that's our national color. So, um, yeah, well, thank you. And um, yeah, it was great to be on the podcast. All right. So uh, thank you very much, Sir Peter. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the deputy head of mission of the Netherlands Embassy once again, uh, Honorable Peter Terpstra. Thank you, sir, for coming with us today. Right. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, sir, Peter. And don't forget, bye bike. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think uh, we'll wrap this up. Uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening in. This has been Josh Tekipel, uh, joined by... Um, of course, this is Yusuke Bennett, or you can call me Zero from the Apsa NU. And we're here for the season nine of Yup Salitaan. 
the vulnerable and the vernacular. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you in our next podcast. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And cut. Well, yeah. <laughs> Buy a bike. Buy a bike. <laughs> Buy a bike. Thank right. you so much, sir, Peter. It was really thank nice. Thank you so much, sir. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Mm. That was very nice. Yeah. I'm going to start biking now, so I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. uh, this, weekend, yeah, this weekend, yeah. but uh, yeah, not if it's raining. Unless, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Is so the bike that you have, sir, is, is it a Dutch bike, the one behind you? Yeah, this is my, my wife's uh, bike. Oh, oh, that's a cute oh. bike. A very so, European bike, you know. Like, oh, but when you move, did you have to... Well, you have to ship it here. Right? He had to bike. He had to bike it there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we shipped our uh, bikes, and this is—I don't think it's a Dutch bike, though. Ah, you know, it says Maxwell. Sounds oh. British. But um, yeah, we took uh, took our bikes. I have two bikes: a mountain bike, which yeah, we we sometimes go to Marquina to bike there, uh, and then a normal city bike we call it. So we, uh, which I use to bike to work sometimes, or here and go to the mall. And then my wife also has a mountain bike and this one. And then our kids also have uh, two bikes. And my son has a unicycle. This is really count as well. Don't buy a bike, buy a unicycle. Yeah. You'll be even more in touch with the environment. Yes. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. So we all good, Kate? Uh, yeah, um, let's see, uh, we, I could give our editor like four days or at most a week and then it'll be up on Spotify and then if you guys are okay, we'll also have like a raw unedited version of our podcast on YouTube. Okay. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, that's pretty much it for this. Uh, you guys want to do a photo op? Yeah. Oh, wait, yeah. wait, wait. Wait, let me transfer to... Wait, okay. I'll... Go Okay. Wait, make sure. Laban lang. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Something. I feel like young uh, Davos cycling scene is alright. I mean, like, the whole region. It's getting there. It's getting there. Yeah, some people would, would cycle from... Uh, one city to another, or yeah. like, super, super far. All right. Okay. Wait, that one. Mm. Wait. Let me open OBS Paramount. I'll, I'll just screenshot this. Okay, ready? Everyone, one, two, three, smile. Okay, and then we can. What's a what's a wacky pull? Say bye. Two, three. Bye. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um. <laughs> bike. Bike. Yeah. Yeah. Bike. Yeah. Bike pose. Yeah. Like this. Ready? One, two, three. Bike. <laughs> All right. Cool. Thank you. Um. All right. I'll, I'll let you guys know, and I'll also send you guys shirts for you know participating in this. Let's yeah. See. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you, if ever you, you guys are in Davo, then you know just chat them. Uh, just contact me and then maybe Davo, we could. Hmm? 
Where yung Davao? Like, ah, city. Davao city. Oh, Davao city. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so as I said, we're going to open an honorary consulate. So it's like a mini embassy uh, in uh, Davao. So hopefully next year. So I'll, I'll hopefully be there. Yeah. All right. I'll meet you there, Sir Peter, with my bike. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we don't there. have bikes yet. I'll bike you. <laughs> I'll meet you there via bike. <laughs> Pretty much there's a lot of bike lanes already. It's all painted yeah. around. It, it, it even has those uh, light indicators. Yeah, the LED really, lights. Yeah. 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 It's very boozy, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Zoo. Thanks, Josh. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Zoo. Thank you, sir. Bye.